It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Welcome inside the Locked On NFL Draft podcast. I am John Ledyard from over at FanRagSports.com along with Trevor Sykema of PewterReport.com who covers the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Trevor, you were pulling a late one last night, man. Appreciate you jumping on the show even though I know you're <laughs> struggling a little bit. Yeah, I'm not even a coffee guy. And like, <laughs> I had a little bit of coffee last night. Not going to lie. Yeah, I gave in. Gotta... I gave in. I gave in to the powers. I would think. I think I went to bed at five, five thirty for that Monday night game. Yeah, I don't. I don't blame you. I've been there. It's. We it's... said. We said yesterday. I think we were talking about it. You were like, "Oh yeah, that's why you couldn't do it." And I live. I live like seven minutes away from the stadium, right. so it's a little easier <laughs> for me. Yeah. That does make it easier, but at the same time, it's it's some late nights when you're covering those night games. I don't think people no realize question. that. No <laughs> question. No question. We got to talk Senior Bowl prospects, though. We've got 13 players that have just been uh, that have just accepted invitations as of yesterday afternoon, officially anyway. Uh, we didn't really get into it, but during the week after the regular announcements, uh, Mason Rudolph accepted his invitation, uh, which is pretty big for the quarterback group, I think. Still waiting to hear about Baker Mayfield. And Josh Allen graduated this morning from Wyoming. Now, I know there's some talk. He may still have to finish up some classes. They may have allowed him to walk, you know, what that type of deal. And then he has to finish sure. up some classes over Christmas break and, and before the Senior Bowl happens at the end of January. But I guess that's a pretty good sign that he could be he should be graduated. Now, now soon. tell me how does that work? Cuz we we're talking about this, right? There's like one quarterback spot left. So we're ta- we're we're all like, "Oh, well, it's either Mayfield or Josh Allen." Is it just like whoever accepts their invitation first or what? Well, isn't there two spots left? Yeah, there's so there's I think they're taking eight quarterbacks, I'm pretty sure. Okay. I would guess because Obviously, Baker Mayfield's going to – and if they've extended invites to both, I don't think it's a either-or thing. Um, so I think they'll take eight, basically, maybe if Josh Allen says yes. I think that would be the only – and then they'll probably call up a, an East-West Shrine game guy. Um, okay. But if he, if he were to say no, maybe they wouldn't. I don't know. Um, I hear you. I'm trying to think who else could be potentially – They might. Will Greer said he's going back to school, which I think is a good decision. Um the only other redshirt juniors that are really on my radar are Clayton Thorson and Ryan Finley. Uh, you know, and I don't know that I see either of those guys coming out. Clayton Thorson, top yeah. ten name. Clayton Thorson. <laughs> it's a great name, I'm not gonna lie. Incredible. Uh, Rudolph really adds to the group. I mean, that's a that's a pretty strong addition uh, for and the class. And it's great for him because Washington yep. and Aitman are there, right? right? I mean, you you normally the I don't want to. I don't know if I want to say disadvantage, but I, I guess it kind of is, is you just don't have familiarity really with anything. And right. it's one of the first times over the last four years of your career that you don't have familiarity. And it's in a really important time of your football life. So Rudolph gets to come in and he gets the two guys that he's had chemistry with, that he knows the timing with. And, and you know, if, if you stand out as a deep ball passer, um, I think that really matters as a quarterback right. at the senior bowl. So he's got two guys that he's very comfortable with doing that. So uh, I think it was good for him to accept this. Uh, we, and yeah, we get to see a lot of the Oklahoma state offense. 
Yeah, I think that it is. It's a big, it's a really good point because I think it's huge for him to have that type because that's the biggest drawback for a lot of these quarterbacks. They don't have that with a lot of the receivers and, and Rudolph's going to get those types of reps with both of those guys now. Um, so I think that that is, a, it's, it's adds to the chance for him to stand out already, which is significant already because I think he does have a lot of superior tools, even though I'm not a big Rudolph guy. I think he does have a lot of superior tools to the guys that I've seen so far in the senior bowl group. Still got to watch more Mike White and still got to watch Kyle Laletta. I got it. Laletta. There you go. I figured there it you out. There you go. Worked through it. I, no, I had faith. I, you were eventually going to get it. Um, but I, yeah, I, so far what I've seen, I, I think Rudolph probably has the best set of tools. Um, some of the other guys that have accepted invitations in this uh, new group of 13, Marcus Allen, the safety from Penn State, I think, and, and Mike Kaseki, the tight end from Penn State. I think that makes three Penn Staters um, in the senior bowl group. Pretty pretty decent season for Marcus Allen. I still think he's an around-the-box type. I never liked him in deep coverage. I didn't think he was very instinctive or had a lot of great ball skills, but He's pretty physical and very active against the run. I think that'll carve out a role for a team. I just don't know if it's going to be a high value one. I do. I do think he was better this year. He was on my. Uh, he was on my watch list for safeties. Mm-hmm. And when I watched him at the beginning of the year, some of his tape from last year, when we were doing our kind of like preseason rankings there, um, I thought I was going to see more of a free safety with Marcus Allen. And I think. Perhaps that's why I might have been lower on him with other traits because I thought that I was going to see more like coverage instincts from him, um, mm-hmm. maybe better reactions, uh, better play recognition, all right. these kinds of stuff. And I saw I saw a decent amount, like you said, a decent amount of, of, of box safety stuff from him, and he could come up and make some tackles and um, get into it with running backs or wide receivers, sometimes even tight ends. Um, and not to say that he was he was doing a bad job. Just maybe I thought that I was going to see a player that that I, I wasn't watching. And so I do think that he did better as a whole as a safety this year. Um, but again, interested to see how they work him at the Senior Bowl because this is a guy who I think has a lot of good athletic traits. And if this is the case, then I I really want them to give him some work, even as like a single high guy, because I want to see what he's going to be able to right. do. So that, that's that's good for him, I think, to go to the Senior Bowl. Um, when we talk about how these kind of events can raise players' stock, that's w- one of the ways that I'm talking mm-hmm. about is, is you, you, you kind of get a chance to play a guy at a different position, see what his potential might be when recognizing, you know, going from a f- strong safety to a free safety or from a linebacker to an edge rusher or something like that here at the Senior Bowl. So I think that's, uh, that's kind of the big thing for Allen with me. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Yeah, I think that Allen has a great opportunity to show off because, like you said, the Senior Bowl is really 
It highlights what you can do in coverage, especially practices, and even to a degree the games. You know, they're gonna he's gonna get a lot of opportunities in man coverage, probably against tight ends, running backs, maybe even some wide receivers, which is something he needs to show. He's gonna get he's gonna get deep, uh, you know, coverage responsibilities. But there's not like a lot of live tackling or anything like that in the practices, so it'll it'll force him to kind of get away from what his strengths are around the line of scrimmage and show traits that teams are going to need to see if he's going to be high in draft pick, I think. So, yeah, big opportunity for him. He joins a safety group of Trayvon Henderson from Hawaii, Armani Watts from Texas A&M, which I feel like is a name that's gotten some buzz. Quinn Blanding is more of a box guy too, so again, good opportunity for him to show that he can play outside of that role, though I have more doubts about him than Allen because I don't think he's as good an athlete. And, and Trey Matthews from Auburn, who is another, in my opinion, a, a heavy box-heavy player, who uh, could be like a dime linebacker at the NFL level, maybe. Um, that's kind of how he plays. So big opportunities for those guys for sure. But like you said, I don't see a ton in coverage for Mark Sound that gets me really excited. But I do think he'll carve out a role with the team. Um, Gasecki's a guy we've kind of joked about a good bit <laughs> because um, – he kind of runs real like a big loping strides, but he's like a giraffe, man. Yeah. It's like really hard to scout Gasecki because you kind of want to laugh a little bit, but he's so good in the air. You just, you, it makes me question like my evaluation process. Like, will it really matter with this guy? If he, it doesn't run in the four fives or even four sixes or, you know, that's my big question is am I overthinking it with Gasecki because he's probably one of the best tight ends in the air that that I can really remember seeing I mean in 14 touchdowns over the last two seasons um, he's you know he hasn't he hasn't produced a ton per catch but when he, I just feel like when he's targeted in jump ball situations he never loses his hang time his extension high point ability boxes corners out that's a really valuable asset in the red zone even at the next level I think yeah I mean, but I have is. a hard time getting excited about him still. That's yeah, that's the thing, man. Eventually in the NFL, unless you are a uh, special case, athleticism is just going to catch up to you. Yeah. You know, you, you're going to the spacing becomes so much tighter that that you have to be able to keep up and separate in different ways and if the only way that you can separate is in the air then then that's cool then you're you're going to have a place in the NFL if you're a good receiver in that in that way as a tight end but um but it will it be a number just, one tight tight end how, especially when right, you can't how block high yeah how high are you picking a guy right. like that and who, who are the other tight ends that are at senior bowl you it's, pulled up? it's a good group per this class being that most of the top guys are here dallas goddard adam brenneman troy fumigali they've all accepted invitations and then we have some guys that i think are less more under the radar and durham smite from notre dame ian thomas from indiana tyler conklin from central michigan and then chris herndon from miami is a guy we liked a lot but he's hurt so i don't know whether his yeah, will be available I mean, Gusecki, for this game Gusecki might have been lost in that group you mm-hmm. know if herndon's playing yeah I mean, honestly, honestly, I think you're, yeah, you're not wrong. I think it's it's a big opportunity for him, especially to show as a blocker, because he's going to have one on one. He's going to be in pass protection drills and one on ones and things like that uh, that they run against some of the linebackers and edge guys, and um, he's going to have to show that he can be physical in that way, can drop his pads, can get his hands inside, can show some pop and some power. Even when they go line of scrimmage stuff as a blocker, he's going to have opportunities. You know, yeah, I know there isn't a lot of live finishing and things like that, but it's live up front on the line with a lot of the blocking. And so he's going to have the opportunity to show that as well. He needs to stand out in that way. I just, 
He's either got to be a great athlete. Like it was okay that Njoku had inconsistencies as a blocker because he was an unbelievable athlete, an unbelievable receiving right. option. And he was physical, you know, and, and I think Gusecki's physical to a degree, but he's a worse blocker than Njoku without nearly the athletic upside. So I think it, if you've got to get him on the field, he's got to have a trump card and maybe it's in the air. He's just that good that, but yeah, I, I just, I feel like this is a huge opportunity for him to show what he can do as a blocker. Because right now, I think Fumagalli's a better blocker. And I don't think Fumagalli's great, but I think he's a better blocker. I think some of these other guys that are going to be there are better blockers than him. And if they can show they have more athletic upside, like you said, Gusecki could get lost in this tight end group. So uh, I know we're having a hard time getting excited about Gusecki, I feel like. Uh, Braxton Berrios from Miami and DJ Shark from LSU get added to the wide receiver group. Shark is a very interesting player because LSU's obviously had some really good receivers come out recently, but I just feel like in their offense is so difficult to evaluate receivers in. He seems like he's got speed, but I, he's really slight framed, and I don't know how good – like I haven't seen enough of him in the air to really be impressed. Like I haven't seen him make enough plays in the air to be impressed by his ball skills or anything like that. To me, he seems like a guy with maybe one trick, but I don't even know if it's any like an elite trick. Like I don't think he's Will Fuller fast or anything like that. Sure. Um, so he's got a lot to prove as a route runner, I think, this week that he can he can really show up. Meanwhile, Braxton Berrios, I don't know how much you've seen him from Miami, but he's just like a – it's such a lazy comparison that people are going to laugh, but people are going to compare him to Trent Taylor all week because they're both smaller white receivers who were playing the slot and are like shifty type, you know, refined route runners. Uh, But I don't know that there's like a ton of downfield big play upside with Barrios. He seems like kind of a chain mover type of guy that would be more useful in some offenses than others. I have been following Braxton Barrios since he got to Miami because I've had, I had friends that went, to University of Miami and show who were super pumped about him going to the school. One because his Twitter handle is Honey Nut Barrios. Oh wow, um, phenomenal! So, That's immediately going to be yeah. your first interview at the at the Senior Bowl. No, no question. I'm so sure. I, I think that he's obviously the slot mold because of his mm-hmm. height and kind of his builds. So, so it's and he played there for Miami. He has that experience there already too, which I think is nice. Sure, but and but I do think. I do think that Barrios can be better beyond the, like, let's say the mm-hmm. 10 to 15 yard routes than maybe other typical slot right, wide receivers that we kind of give that label. So um, where I'm, I'm with you, I think he definitely wins with sh- like shorter area speed. Yeah. I, I, I don't want to, I don't want people to go into it with Barrios thinking that's all he has and that's what he is a typical guy because i have seen some plays from him down the field where he goes up and gets passes and is savvy down the field on deep balls and, would you say um, he has deceptive speed absolutely not <laughs> um i would say that his speed is uh expected not deceptive um so i set so you up for kind of, failure with that question so that's kind of that's kind of my thoughts of barrios i'm a little bit higher than him on other people and then Chark, yeah you know he's had some big highlight catches over the past couple of years but i i i don't I almost don't even want to judge him right now. I just want to let him get to the senior bowl and see what I see. Right. Because LSU's passing offense has just been so freaking bad the last two mm-hmm. years that um, I, I like I don't even know what to think about it. So I kind of almost want to go into uh, Chark's evaluation at the senior bowl uh, almost like with a clean slate, just seeing how he does against some of the other wide receivers in this class. Right. Yeah, no, I think it's similar to kind of how I thought about Braxton Miller a couple years ago. I was like, 
you know, there's some flashes, but they didn't really throw the ball that well or that or enough. And I just want to, I wanted to see him, you know, at the senior bowl and, and get an evaluation from him there. Um, Davin Bellamy from Georgia is a defensive end slash edge player. So they'll use him in a two or three point stance. Um, I watched him over the summer. I thought he was a late day three type of guy. Maybe could be like a rotational player because he was okay at everything, but not really a high-end athlete. Um, has pretty good size, 6'5", 245, 250, but plays high. Uh, you know, didn't, doesn't really have a go-to move or anything like that. I figured he'd be invited here. He came back to Georgia for his senior year. I figured he'd be invited here because I think there are a lot of positive things said about him in terms of who he is in the locker room and things like that. Um, so credit to him for that, but... I think he's got a lot to prove this week. It isn't a great edge class, but I think it's a good enough one where he could slide and be a day three type guy. And you have you have all types here. You know, you know this past week, and we'll get into this on a later show. I watched Kamoko Ture from uh, Rutgers and Fred Warner from BYU. Watched several of their games. I think I've up to Those five are fake games, games on Ture. Yeah, I know they sound like fake names, right? Well, Ture's been a guy that's been talked about. I, I think I mentioned this before on the podcast, but since his freshman year, he like lit it up at Rutgers, and then. His production's just kind of fallen off since then. You know, those guys are like the raw athlete types. Like, there's athletic tools you want to work with with those guys, but I'm not sure they have any type of like they don't have enough refinement to really dominate one on ones as pass rushers. They may be good in other roles that week, but as pass rushers, and same thing with Nwosu. Like, does Nwosu have that as pass rusher? And, and even Marcus Davenport, to a degree, to those guys. Now, Bellamy's almost the opposite of that. Where I think that if he can show he has really refined hand usage or a go-to move that I didn't see from him over the summer. I think that he can show out in the pass rush drills in a way that those guys aren't yet prepared to do. Um, so maybe that elevates him in the minds of at least some scouts. We'll see what teams you know, factor in with the upside and everything. But yeah, I didn't really see a high-end athlete with him. Um, but I am gonna be glad that he's going to be in Georgia, and I'm excited to see if Lorenzo Carter ends up in, uh, in uh, Mobile as well because – um, could have both of those guys there uh, from Georgia. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'll, I'll talk about another uh, a, a pocket pressure kind of a guy, and that's uh, Marquise Haynes that we haven't talked about yet. And I, you know, a reason I don't... The reason I'm excited about him is because he has all this production, and I feel like I heard about Marquise Haynes' name two years ago, right. and not a lot of people have talked about him since. And and I know that we're in today's age of it's you know it's kind of a flavor of the month thing. Like if if you're if you're high on a guy early and then he doesn't declare, then all of a sudden he might be forgotten the next year because you're looking onto other guys, and then all of a sudden, sudden you see his name pop up. But this is a guy who he. He leaves Old Miss as the sack and tackle for lost leader in school history. Um, so I've seen him play a couple of different positions for the Rebels. Um, I know he's been there for quite a long time. And so I'm just looking forward to getting a good look at him in Mobile. Because um, it it's a guy whose name I know, who's had recognition before, 
who has been on people's radar and he has a production to, to kind of back it up throughout his career. So um, definitely looking forward to getting to see him in, in person since I haven't seen a lot of old Miss football over the last year. Yeah, he's interesting. Um, he'll be 25 before the end of his rookie season. And yeah. he's 6'2", 225 pounds at best. I think that was the best the best weight result I saw from him anywhere online, I think. Um, so I watched him over the summer. I think I watched well, – how many games did I watch? Let's see if I have it written in here. I didn't write it down. But I think I watched at least – I usually watched at least three games for these guys. Um he seems like a good athlete. I don't know if he's a great one. Um, he didn't really get off a bull rush very well. I don't know whether there's enough power moves. Does he? Can he bend the edge? I didn't see that a whole lot, and I thought he was definitely a liability in the run game. Um, you know, he he's a tough evaluation because there are some speed rushes that make you go whoa. You know, but that doesn't tend to translate great in the NFL if that's your only thing. Um, so. Can he play off ball? I bet we're going to see a lot of Hassan Reddick talk with him. You know, can he play off ball? How does he move? We're going to do the same thing we did with Reddick last year in the Senior Bowl. And I don't think Haynes is that level of an athlete, but I think we're going to see him move off ball and we're going to see how he does in coverage, um, how he picks that aspect of things up. And I think you're going to see him in that role pretty heavily throughout the week. Um, so it's a good opportunity for him because I think he needs that. I don't. I don't know that a lot of teams will look at him and say he can play defensive end like he played at Ole Miss um and already for the senior bowl they're listing him as a linebacker so um you know that's yeah that's why I was saying you know he's got a couple of different positions right I more I more thought he was a linebacker and mm-hmm. I, I I saw somewhere they said defensive ends so I was like yeah. okay well yeah I think he played with his hand down most of the time um at least until the, I didn't see him much of him this year but um he he did play from a two-point stance uh, occasionally um but I think it'll be a pretty big move to an off-ball spot because you know he didn't play that uh, very, very well, very often, if at all, really at Ole Miss. Um, Tyquan Lewis, he his name got a lot of buzz, but it really fell off as the year went on. Um, you know, he, I know he, there's been some production there at Ohio State, but I watched him. I didn't see any like athletically. I just did not think that he. I mean, I know you're playing with Sam Hubbard and, and Nick Bosa and even Jalen Holmes to a degree, but. I don't know. I, I didn't see anything from Taekwon Lewis to ever get me really excited at Ohio State. I, I've always thought that Ohio State's line was, I mean, like outside of Bosa, I've always thought that Ohio State's line is just a product of the, the unit mm-hmm. more than just like the dude standing out. And I, I haven't gotten to watch them individually, so I don't know how much truth is just to them in number. Like, because, I mean, like, let's face it. There are a couple times where where Ohio State will put Holmes, Lewis, Hubbard, right. Rosa yeah. all on the line at once. <laughs> and that's just – that's four defensive end pass rushers mm-hmm. that are just straight up – because it, in the world of college football and it's all it, – like it, you could just have all the recruits that you want. There's no salary cap. That's just four monster pass rushers. There's no way that uh, – and, and even like – average or above average offensive line from another team is going to block all of those guys so i've always wondered how much of you know some of this production is even just the product of of ohio state's defensive line being phenomenal Mm -hmm. so here with lewis there we get to watch him and holmes too because holmes is there but we're gonna get to watch them individually and that's where we're gonna see hey without this phenomenal 
defensive line around them. Let's see yeah. how much they can shine. Lewis is interesting because when I watched him this summer, I thought he was actually pretty fairly explosive out of his stance. But after that, I thought things fell off pretty quickly. Like, I didn't think he cornered very well at all. He's not really a bendy athlete. Um, so I, I think that he'll have issues there. And then Kenny counter back inside didn't really see that consistently last season. And I know this year, you know, they were all sharing snaps and things. So there was that to worry about as well. And so there's a lot of aspects of his evaluation that just left me kind of thinking this is maybe a day three guy that we'll have to battle to make a roster spot um, unless he shows – yeah, unless he shows ready-made counter moves because he does have that burst, and that, that intrigues me a little bit. But outside of that, I you know, I think he's got a lot to prove that week. Um, who else do we got? Two other safeties joined the group, Cameron Kelly from San Diego State and Jeremy Reeves from South Alabama. I've heard a lot of good things about Reeves since he uh, accepted his invitation. People kind of coming out of the woodwork saying they really liked him. It isn't a great safety group. We That, that almost probably finishes off the safety group. Um, so I think that... How many how many guys we got on this senior bowl roster? Ninety four now. Hundred and ten players total are going to be there. So we're we're closing in. We got what sixteen more to go then. Um, and you'll obviously have dudes drop out and and other guys step in too. But um, yeah, so two new safeties get added to the group. A corner I've never heard of. Isaac. Not not even going to say his last name. Yeah, yeah, dumb. I don't even have his name, um, so I can't even correct you. Isaac Yeadome, cornerback from Boston College. I got it. Um, and uh, he adds to that group of corners that, yeah, just not a lot of big names so far. So we'll see if they add somebody before the end of the before the end of the time uh, for people to accept invitations. Mason Cole from Michigan is the last guy on this list. I really wanted to highlight. I thought that he was really really good over last season. He played center in 2016, and that's the tape that I loved over the summer. I saw a little bit of him live this year. He's he played left tackle this year for Michigan. He's not a left tackle for sure. Uh, he moves really well. I thought he was good technically, but I just think he's he's lacking a little bit in the tools to play tackle. Um, I I thought so, I saw some good and some bad this season from him there, but I, I really he's listed as a center already for the Senior Bowl, which I think is great because I, I think I had him honestly. Go, he was one of my highest evaluations this summer. Um, he was the guy that I really liked that I thought had the potential to be like a late first, early second round guy, and that I knew he wasn't going to be playing the right position, so I figured he wouldn't probably wouldn't rise too much. But this is a big opportunity for him to get back to the position that he played. He's been out of that position all year, and I, and I hated it because I knew it would affect things at least somewhat getting back to playing center at the Senior Bowl and things like that. But this is an opportunity for him to remind teams here I am at center, watch me at practice and these live blocking drills, watch me in the game at center. A reminder to teams like this is my spot and I can play this at a high level if you need me to. I mean, he, he moves well, uses his hands well, plenty strong. I, I thought that he was a guy that really stood out to me last year. And I know Brandon Thorne watched him after I did and came back to me and said, yeah, you were right. This guy's really good. And if you've heard us have Brandon on before, you know he's one of our O-line gurus to go to. So that made me feel better about the evaluation too. So he's going to yep. be a guy to watch on that interior O-line. Yep. And I know Michael Badgley from Miami, the kicker. You you were big on him. Um. Well, you know, kickers are people too. So you know, we gotta <laughs> gotta remember Miami's all time leading scorer. He's gonna be there as well. So it's a good group. Edo Smith, the running back from Southern Miss. He's got some. He's got some Tariq Cohen ish uh, skills that I think will get people really excited. And we've talked about a lot of big name running backs. He's one that isn't really a big name that'll be there. So the Senior Bowl group continues to look better and better with 13 new additions, 94 now total, 
110 players will form the squads. We've got 16 to go. Could Josh Allen? Could Baker Mayfield? Could Nick Chubb? Could those guys be some of the players that we end up seeing uh, in Mobile before this thing is all said and done? Let's hope so. A lot more to still to figure out uh, and talk about in the coming weeks. We're going to keep scouting these guys. I've already scouted a good handful of them. I've been able to watch and now have some thoughts on those that we'll have to get to on a later podcast as we, as the regular season finishes up uh, more than likely, and then we start jumping into the Senior Bowl previews. We're going to have preview-heavy stuff, so we get your thoughts in order about all these guys uh, heading into Mobile. But as always, we appreciate you guys listening. The numbers have really been picking up as draft season uh, starts to get underway. We really appreciate you guys listening, and keep it locked right here on Locked On NFL Draft. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.